Welcome to Arbor Bridge Church's weekly podcast with your teacher, Daryl Canty. Arbor Bridge Church exists to bridge the gospel and our community by connecting people to Jesus and each other. Visit us online at arborbridgechurch.com. In history, there are times when, when uh, character and talent and opportunity um, and, and, and what that, that specific time in history needs, they all collide together to create a great hero that we want to emulate or we want to copy. I've shared with some of you guys before about Elizabeth Elliot. Um, many people consider Elizabeth Elliot to be a great hero of our faith. If you don't know her story, if you haven't heard me talk about her before. Um, she and her family were missionaries to Ecuador, um, and it wasn't long after they arrived in Ecuador when uh, Elizabeth's husband was, was murdered by the tribe, one of the tribes that they were there to, to share Christ with. And so Elizabeth Elliot leaves Ecuador uh, with her kids and co- comes back to the States um, but it wasn't long after being in the States that she takes her family back down to Ecuador to the tribe who murdered her husband uh, to share Christ with them, which is crazy, right? You know, imagine, imagine explaining that to your in-laws, right? I'm, I'm taking your grandkids back to the, the tribe who murdered your son. Um, did, I'm sure that, that conversation went awesome. Uh, Elizabeth Elliot won many of those people from that tribe to Christ. Uh, there's a documentary about it. If you don't want to read about it, it's, it's called Beyond the Gates of Splendor. It's, it's cool. Um, there's also, there's also an actual just movie about it. Um, it's gr- both great stories. Um, I admire her so much uh, just because this radical Jesus faith. Um, but if I'm honest, I have something, I have something more than ad- admiration for her. Uh, I, I have some, some envy for her. I'm um, certainly, I don't want to go through what she's gone through, but, um, she, you know, like she, she's like kind of like a Christian superhero. Uh, you know, I, I, I admire that. I'd like that. I, I want, I want to be that. I have some envy for that. And I wrestle with this idea sometimes of doing something important with my life. And the feeling that goes along with it is this, this, this kind of unspoken feeling of in order for it to be important, lots of people have to know about it. And, or, or lots of people have to be affected by it. Something, you know, along the lines of Elizabeth Elliot, you know, so, so the more people who know about it and the more people who are affected by it, the more important it is, right? Isn't that true? Clearly that's not true, but certainly that's, that's how we feel feel. That's how I, and it's certainly when I talk with, I talk with you guys, that's how you feel. You know, that those of you guys, I mean, if, if, if you, when you've gone through the, the stage or if you're going through the now you're where you're just, you're a mom and you're thinking, I, I'm not doing anything with my life. I'm just raising my kids. And you're like, the more people who are affected by it or the more people who, who know about it, the more important it is. Um, that's what we feel feel. Um, and that's not what we would tell anyone, but that's what we feel. Um, and that inspired me to think about the lesser known Bible characters in the Bible uh, that, and what we could learn from them and things that um, they could teach us that we haven't given much thought to. So everyday saints who may never be as famous as Elizabeth Elliot or Apostle Paul or King David or all the, all the greats, Moseses and people like that, but they still did the work of Christ in their time. They did what they were supposed to do. Um, I want to talk about them a little bit. So this, we'll start this series this week. 
Um, so quick fun question. We'll start with, I like doing little fun questions for you. Let's do a little game. <clears throat> do you know all the names of Jesus's 12 disciples? Some of you guys um, have been Jesus followers for a very long time. Um, so, you know, maybe you feel like you should know. I, I, I should, I should do a little preface with this. Like um, sometimes in church, when you ask a question like this, um, it, it, it feels like a measurement of your spirituality or something like that. You, that. That if you know the right answer, then you're like, yeah, you know, that's because I'm spiritual. And if you don't know it, then you're kind of like, well, I better go learn that. Or I'm, I'm, so if, if we could take all of that stuff away, if you could take all that stuff away. Could you name Jesus' 12 disciples? Could you name Jesus' 12 disciples? I'll you know, give you a second to think about. There are several things that makes knowing the 12 difficult or awkward. Um, the several of them have more than one name. So that makes things weird. Um, so Peter's also called Simon. Um, many of you guys know that one. Matthew is also called Levi. Thomas, also known as Didymus. Um, Thaddeus is also known as Judas and not the Judas that's a traitor. Uh, Bartholomew is also known as uh, Nathaniel. So confusing, right? <laughs> then there, and then there are a few of the 12 disciples who share the same name. So, and it's like, come on, you know, Jesus, if you're going to pick 12, you got to have to choose all these dudes with the same name. Um, so uh, there's Simon Peter, but there's also Simon the Zealot. Some of you, some of you guys know that. And then there are a few disciples that the Bible doesn't tell us nearly anything about. So like Andrew or Philip, uh, James, son of Alphaeus, not to be confused with James, John's brother, who Jesus called the sons of thunder. I want us to think about James, son of Alphaeus, together. We know almost nothing about James, son of Alphaeus. There is something that we do know about him that I find troubling. And so let me share my trouble with you. Um, in, in Mark 1540, James, son of Alphaeus, is called James the Less. James the Less. Some of you, some of you, um, some of you know that Mark was, was probably originally written. Um, uh, he he wrote his account of Jesus's life in Greek. So uh, the word for less is mikros. The Greek word for for less is mikros, which is where we get our word, our English word micro. So in the Greek, the word means small or little James the little James the small and all you guys know when you interact with your guy friends guys love to be called the little um we love that James the little a micros can also mean younger so maybe James was the youngest of of Jesus's disciples um it can also be translated to mean rank or influence um, it, 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 it might mean, it could mean least or of little importance. 
James the less, James of little importance. And I think that that's, I, I think that that title is, uh, is interesting and maybe Mark didn't mean it that way. Maybe, maybe he's, 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 um, he's trying to say something different, but, um, I, I want to I think about the title of least important for just a second, because it's, I, think, I think it's interesting. Um, some, of, some of you guys know another one of Jesus's um, followers named Paul. Um, he, 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 he put out a claim for the title of least important. He wrote, he, he wrote this. He said, for I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. So uh, Paul the less or Paul the least important. Um, maybe, uh, maybe Paul and James would have gotten a fight over who's the least important apostle. And here's the thing, though. Obviously, we know a ton about Paul. Um, he, he, wrote, he wrote much of the, the New Testament. We know all kinds of things about him. Um, some people, some, some Bible scholars think that, that he's the most important Jesus follower who ever lived. But James, what do we know about him? We know about this, this James guy. Um, and... and, and if you know a ton about Paul, we, we, we remember that the more, the more that we know about someone um, and the, the, the more effect they have, the more important they are, more important their work is. James the Less was probably, is probably the disciple who was a bit quieter than the others. Like when Peter and John are fighting in a, you know, probably almost a fist fight over who's the greatest, James is getting drowned out. Maybe, maybe uh, that's why they called him James the Less, because he didn't have the charisma or the leadership abilities or that some of the others had. Um, oh, he, he, he's, not, he's not known for being the guy that makes the big splash at the party. Maybe he was a quiet guy. He didn't talk very much. Because here's something interesting. There's not one quote in the Bible of him saying anything. <laughs> anything. Not one word other than being listed as a disciple of Jesus, there's nothing known about James the less. Other than he's a disciple of Jesus. And that's enough, right? <laughs> that's enough. And maybe, maybe this is how we should introduce ourselves from now on. Not, not Mr. or Pastor. Um, the, I am Daryl, the least important disciple of Jesus. And, and this is obviously the kind of the title that flies in the face of, of, of our culture, how we think, our self-esteem pump you up culture, the kind of advice that we give to each other when something doesn't go our way. Or, you know, I'm sitting down with one of you guys and I'm saying, hey, guys, I'm having a bad day. And you're like, you try to pump me up and be like, yeah, Daryl, you, you're the best or you're a great guy or you did good things. And look at how great you are and look at all these things. We, we, do, we do this kind of stuff to each other. You deserve better. You know, those kinds of things. And, and, I, and I, I'm getting I'm a part of it. You, know, you deserve better. Or you're a queen, or you're a king, or you, look at what you've accomplished, and compare yourself compared to other people. Look at you. But what if instead I got everything, everything I needed from this title, Daryl the Less, disciple of Jesus, disciple of Jesus. That's all. That's all. In a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a talk that we had a few, few months ago, we, 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 def, we defined the word apostle together. Um, and, and basically, apostle is somebody that Jesus picks. We decided for us, you know, 
somebody Jesus picks who saw Jesus rise from the dead and he sends them out to do something. So Jesus picked you, you saw Jesus risen from the dead physically in person and Jesus sent you out to do something. Is James the less, any less of an apostle than Peter or John? I've shared with some of you guys, um, some of you before, the last book of the Bible is a description or a vision uh, that, that, that one of Jesus' apostles, his, his name is John, he had this vision that John has, and he writes down what this vision of, of what heaven's like. Um, so in, in chapter four of John's revelation, he's, he writes this down, this vision that he has, um, he describes the throne room of, throne room of heaven. And he starts walking through what it looks like. He, he talks about this idea. He kind of walks around this corner and he sees what the throne room of heaven looks like. And he walks up to this place and immediately he sees a throne. And the throne is this, this person with the appearance of Jasper and Ruby. And it's hard to picture what, what a person with the appearance of Jasper or Ruby would look like. So I just put these up here. To, how does that translate into what a person's appearance looks like? But keep in mind, James is trying to explain to us something that's it's impossible to explain. John says he sees a person with this appearance sitting on the throne. Around the throne is this circular rainbow. It's, it's an emerald in color. So an emerald rainbow that's circling this, this gigantic throne. And then around the big throne are 24 smaller thrones. Let me ask you this. Who gets to sit on the smaller thrones? When you and I get there and we get to, we get to walk around the corner and we get to see guy and that's Jesus <laughs> sitting on the main throne appearance like, like Jasper and Ruby is whatever that means. I don't know. But then the 24 thrones are sitting around there. Who gets to sit on those? Billy Graham? Mother Teresa? Martin Luther King? Who gets to sit on the 24 thrones? Let's think about that. Maybe it's Paul. The most influential Christian leader ever. Paul, right? He's got to be one. When Jesus was physically here on earth, his apostle Peter asked a question. That's partly a question, partly a complaint. You know what I mean? Like uh, if you've ever been with someone and they ask the question, are we there yet? That's, that's, I mean, it's a question, but it's really a complaint, right? It, 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 so Peter is in the middle of talking with Jesus and he's asking a question, but it's more of a complaint. Peter says this, he says, we have left everything to follow you. What then will there be for us? Complaint question, right? But that being the case, Jesus knows this complaint question, but he still answers Peter very graciously. Listen to what Jesus says. Listen to, listen to this, this is this, 
Jesus said to them, truly, I tell you, at the renewal of all things, pause, that renewal of all things, that's, that's what John was just talking about, throne room, everything. At the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, Ruby and Jasper, you who have followed me will also sit on 12 thrones. Hmm. So 12 of those 24 seats are reserved for his 12 disciples. And one of those seats is reserved for James the least important. James the less. James the less. He's got his name on it. Reserved for James the less. So if James gets to sit in that seat, I don't know if he gets to sit in the seat now or starting now or if it will be. If James is sitting in that seat, you think he feels unimportant now? Everybody who gets to walk into heaven, James is saying, he's like, hey guys. Another thought. When you, when you, um, when you go onto the campuses of hospitals or universities, um, places like that, um, you'll always get to walk into buildings or walk into to wings of buildings that are named after somebody. And sometimes it's, if it's super cool, they'll have a painting of the guy, like, you know, doing something like that. Or, and it's always, it's always weird to me because of this. This is, I never know who the people are, who's built, you know, who the buildings are named after. I never, never do, never. I never know, you see, I see their name, but I don't know who they are. And here's the honest thing. If, if I'm really honest, I don't care. I don't care. I'm super glad that they gave money so that I could go to the hospital and I could have, you know, whatever, but I don't care. I don't care that much. It doesn't matter to me. Um, it's irrelevant. Um, so listen to this, listen to this, listen to this, listen to this. If you, if you really are a Jesus follower, if you do what he says, you will end up with him forever in a super spectacular place. And it's going to be spectacular, not because of what, what it's made out of, but because of who will be there. Super spectacular place. Um, in the Bible, it's actually called the Holy City. The Holy City. Um, listen, to, listen to this description of it. <clears throat> Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them and will and be their God. And he will wipe away, and this is one you've heard over and over again. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death and no more mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. That's what it will be like. Let's talk about what it will look like. I mean, this is what it will look like. It's shown, the city shown with the glory of God and its brilliance was like that of a a very precious jewel like jasper, clear as a crystal. It had a great high wall with 12 gates and with 12 angels at the gates. The wall of the city had 12 foundations and on them were the names of the apostles of the Lamb. So, I want you to think about this. Think about this. A thousand years from now, when me and you are strolling around heaven, walking around, we're going to come along to a foundation that's going to say, James the freaking less on it. And both of us are going to be like, James, he's no joke. And none of, neither of us are going to say, you know, who's, who's James the less? We will know exactly who he is. And we will be like, 
James Less, you guys. We might say respect to James Less for doing exactly what Jesus called him to do here on earth. And God, God, I hope, I hope that his name is in James, son of Alphaeus on there. I hope it says James the Less because it will be so ironic forever. Because <laughs> James will not be considered less in eternity because he was faithful to his calling here on earth. James should be an encouragement to you who feel like you're living obscure little unnoticed lives. Your calling to follow Christ is just as sure and just as God-honoring, and your name will not be known here on earth. Let me, let me say this out loud, and, and obviously, those of you guys who know me, you know this. Um, it's taken me, it's, 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 when you're growing up, I don't know if you feel like this. Some of you probably don't feel like this. When you're growing up, in your mind, lots of times you imagine, I'm going to be famous. I'm going to be famous. So it's taken me to like 47 to, to get, oh, I'm probably not going to be famous. Wow. Got it. To accept that, to be cool with that. There's not going to be movies made about my life. You know, little to show for, for whatever work, you know, that I'm called to or you're called to or whatever. Some of, some of us are going to serve quietly in our homes and eventually die, you know, quiet, relatively unnoticed deaths. God notices. He may even notice more because no one else is noticing. Because it allows him to be noticed more. And the person, um, the person that introduces Jesus to the world, his name his name's John, John the Baptist. John has famously been quoted as saying this, he must become greater and I must become less. I must become less. I must become less. Maybe, maybe, maybe when John was saying that, he's saying that to the crowds, he's saying, I must become, uh, he must become greater and I must become less. Maybe James was standing back there. James, the son of Alphaeus, he's standing back there and he's like, I like that. I like that. James, the son of Alphaeus, get rid of that. I am James the less. And the less you know about me, the better. And the more that you know about Jesus. Whew. I can take that all day long. I can take that all day long. James the less so that Jesus Christ can be more. He can be great. He can be the everything. He can be the only. He can be the everlasting king. And, and, and he, Jesus tends to honor people differently than, than he, he, and he, he tends to honor different people than we tend to honor. Even as Jesus followers. <laughs> he tends to honor people, different people than we honor. He honors the faithful he honors the ones who, 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 who tell the truth in love even when they don't want to. He honors, he honors the people who, who keep their promises even when it hurts. He honors endurance. Um, the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. He honors obedience. Not, 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 not everyone who says they're a Jesus follower will, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the ones who do 
the will, who obey the will of the Father. He honors obedience. He honors sacrifice. Everyone who's left houses or brothers or sisters or fathers or mothers or children or whatever, you've left fields for the sake of, you receive a hundred times that. An eternal life. An eternal life. This is what I would like you to do. This is what I want you to do. I want you to think of yourself less. Like Chris was talking about, begin your day thinking of yourself less. Um, C.S. Lewis famously quoted, he says, he says this, he says, humility is not thinking, of your, thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less. Um, and and you, you guys, you, you know what that means. Um, those of you guys, who, often people end up on the self-esteem charts different ways. So if you're low on the self-esteem chart, you think about yourself as you walk into a room, you're like, how do I look? And how, what are people going to think of me? And all those kinds of questions where you're still thinking about yourself. Or you think about, I'm looking good. I'm looking wonderful. Everyone's thinking about me. You're still thinking about yourself. What if you walk into a room and said, what, a, what, what, does, what do the people need in this room? And how can I meet their needs? What can I do to serve? How, what can I do to help? Who here needs Jesus? The, the, the people in your life who you need to share Jesus with that you're terrified. You, won't, you don't want to share Jesus with them because you're terrified. What do they need? This is, one of the reasons why we don't confront people is because we say we don't want to make people mad. Now, I, don't want, I don't confront people because I don't want to make people mad. You're a liar. <laughs> That's a lie. You might not want to make people mad, but you don't want to make people mad at you is what you mean. What if you thought of yourself less and thought of what the people in your life need more? What do they need more? I think that if we thought like that, we would change the world. We change the world. We don't spend, uh, we, spend our, we spend most of our lives thinking about what we want to get out of life. But if I thought, what does God want to do with this life? Would I, do, would I do anything different? If I thought of myself less, would I do anything different? When you go to work, and you think it's hot in here and you go right over to the thermostat and you turn it down. What if just before you got there, somebody else turned it up? Think of yourself less. Ask the question. Man. I... When, people become, when people come to, to church, they often ask the question, what am I getting out of this? What am I getting out of this? What would it look like if you came into a family and thought of yourself less? So during these next few moments of communion, I'd love for you to commit to thinking of what you would do if it didn't matter if you failed. There's lots of things I don't try to do because of, I, I think of the embarrassment of failure. If it didn't matter who got credit for it, If it didn't matter if no one knows about what you did, the only thing that mattered is that he became greater and you became less.
you thought of yourself less. I'd love for you to think about that as we take communion together today. Uh, how, how to interact with people more in a way where you're thinking of yourself less. Let's pray together. Dear Father, James, your disciple, your apostle, we don't get to know much, many details about his life while we're here on earth. But we do know this. You picked him. You picked him and you sent him. And that's enough. That's enough. And so I pray that we, it would be enough for us. It would be enough for us. We would, we would, we would be totally cool with doing whatever job, whatever thing you've called us to. In isolation, in, in, in obscurity, if necessary, whatever it is that you call us to, that we would do it in full obedience to you. And you would increase and we would decrease and get out of the freaking way. Forget about ourselves. We need you to do it, though. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information on our church, visit us online at arborbridgechurch.com.